Hi everyone, I'm Dr. Sanjeev Goel from Peak Human Labs podcast. And today we're talking about something that's really dear to my heart. And what better person to be here than my best friend, Neeraj Jain. Hi everyone. And uh, so as you know, I'm, I'm a physician. I have a particular interest in technology and uh, biohacking. And, uh, and now today we're gonna be talking about uh, technology and um, potentially the, the negative effects of that addiction. Um, so, um, let's, maybe let's get started. I mean, why did you want to even come onto this, this, this show with me and maybe you want to introduce yourself to a little bit about, you know, about you, that would be, I think helpful. Uh, sure. You know, my name is Neeraj. I'm an, I'm an engineer. So very, um, uh, very into the world of technology. Uh, in fact, I love technology, but I think, you know, Sanjeev and I have been sharing a concern recently where we see our children are constantly on technology. And I guess it goes beyond our children as well. Uh, we see adults who sometimes instead of engaging with, with other people, they're, they're really just engaging uh, through their phones. Right. And yeah. so, so, so I have a concern, you know, I wonder, is, is, this, is this a good thing? Mm -hmm. And you know, what's very interesting is that uh, I, um, I, I started a Facebook group about, I don't know, six months ago, and I just throw it out there that, you know, this is a concern of mine. My kid's always on Fortnite. Oh. And Viom, I know if you're listening, it's it's okay. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I uh, and I got like a 90 parents signed yeah. up within just a few days. Like I didn't do anything more than say I'm starting this group, this support group for parents who are concerned about their kids being on Fortnite. And so I think this is a huge concern. And when I went to the school and, and they said to me, "Look, you know what? Yeah, we know it's a concern, but we don't know what to do." And then I went to my kid's high school. He's going to grade nine. And I said, yeah, what are you guys doing about this? He said, well, I don't know. Why don't you join the parents' council? Like, we don't know what to do about this issue. Well, it's difficult for the school to control that, right? This is something that the, the kids are doing after school. Mm -hmm. um, I know, you know, I, I, had, I was talking to a friend and his, his kid plays Fortnite every single night for a couple of hours. Mm -hmm. I, I thought, you know, I thought that's, a, that's quite a lot. Um, you know, my son's not allowed to play during the week. He's only allowed to play on the weekend. Yeah. And he said, I know it's a lot, but I can't help it because all his friends are playing. That's a big issue. Yeah. I felt that, um, you know, my son comes to me and said, my, my friends are on. Can I not get on because they're on? Because it's a very, it's a game that requires you to play with other people. Right. And then you feel kind of like you're leaving them out. Yeah. And I think that's, that's one of the challenges I face with this because a lot of the technology is designed to be social and you don't want your child to be out of the group or, mm -hmm. you know, not understanding what's happening. But at the same time, is, is that really the best way to be social? Right. You know, I was, even a parent came to me, you know, uh, who said that, you know what, I want, I actually told my kid to go and get good on Fortnite because I was afraid of them being left out. Wow. So yeah. you can sometimes, it can be, if you are being left out, you don't know what's happening. And you go talk with the kids in the, in the school and then you feel like, so you know what's going on. I know we're going to talk about positive and negative things about right. technology, but you know, I, I met this uh, other other young man recently, eighteen years old, right? Very shy, you know, just one of the could barely have a conversation. Mm -hmm. But then I was talking to his father, and he said he's one of he's a top ten player in I forget what game it was now, um, I think Call of Duty or something. Yeah, okay, right. Uh, he's a top ten player in Canada, and mm -hmm. he makes he makes money playing playing like from tournaments and streaming and whatever. And apparently, it's, again, it's a social game. And when he's playing, he's a different person. He's in command. Like he's telling everyone else what to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so, you know, I thought, wow, that's really interesting. Like, otherwise, this kid may not have had that outlet. He would only see himself as this shy person. Mm -hmm. So, you know, maybe there are some advantages. Yeah, yeah. There's a whole thing now about, and again, I know we're digressing here, but um, 
about uh, in Wired magazine about these the actual leagues like where people are competing in the in the in North America now where people uh, I think California five or six kids there's one Canadian kid now who's who's there who's like these kids like book uh, they're shacked up into a house and every day that's all they're doing seven eight hours so they're training they're getting paid yeah <laughs> wow. I think like paid like sixty seventy thousand dollars wow to like be professional League of Legends players so you know maybe we're gonna get to this but. You know, we're talking about screen time or technology very generally. Right. Um, but, you know, so, so part of the reason I'm concerned is, you know, I also see a lot of people spending time just watching YouTube or flicking through Facebook or Instagram or, or whatever it is. You could just see them scrolling and scrolling. And, and to me, that's the stuff that when I see that, I kind of cringe. Yeah. And, and, and to be honest, I'm even finding like I just I just find sometimes I just pick up the phone. I'm just check my email right away on it. Like there's no reason I don't have to keep checking it, but I find like even I'm catching myself that that's that's becoming a problem. So, well, actually, so that, I think that's a really important point. Like it literally is an addiction, right? Yeah. So I, I it's funny because I kept hearing people talk about Candy Crush. Yeah. This was a few years ago, right? And I'm like, what the heck is Candy Crush? It looks so stupid to me, but yeah. I'm like, I, I just want to find out. Mm-hmm. So I started playing it mm-hmm. and I loved it. I was playing all the time. And finally got to a point where, yeah, like any moment I had where it was a bit of downtime, I'd pick up my phone and start playing Candy Crush. And you were sending Facebook requests to all your friends to join no, the Candy Crush. <laughs> Whenever I see those Facebook requests, I say, oh my God, this person just be addicted. <laughs> but you know, so like I, I consider myself to have the kind of person, I don't easily get addicted to things. Right. And I didn't think I was addicted. I said the classic, you know, mm-hmm. I could stop anytime. <laughs> and so my wife kind of challenged me. She said, we really will do it. <laughs> I said, okay, I will. And at first I just said, I'm not going to play it, but it was still on my phone. I broke, I played it. And I, then finally I deleted it. Right. And I knew I was addicted after that because yeah. it took me, I'm going to say about two weeks before oh, right. I stopped having the urge to pick up my phone to play Candy Crush. Right. And so I realized, you know, that's not a good thing for me. I think addiction, yeah, it's like we've, I mean, I've experienced addiction too. So I, I mean, you know, with playing Civilization, right, where I had, I spent a whole summer, I lost, right. and I had to delete it off the computer. So I think it's, a, it's existed before, it's just perhaps the degree is, it's much higher, and it's more ubiquitous than ever, like this technology, the way we're addicted to it. And I well, think, I think, I think the fact that it's in our pocket, yeah, has certainly made it more addictive, right? Like before, when you played Civilization, you still had to go to the, the big PC, turn it on, yeah. wait for it to boot up. That's right. So there was that moment where you could still kind of catch yourself and maybe... maybe yeah, and if I was at, not at home, I couldn't play. Right. I couldn't do anywhere else. And like, remember when we, you know, we used to load on the Commodore 64, oh, load yeah. a game, it took 15 minutes. Yeah. So you very yeah. deliberate about it. Yeah. And once you're out in about 30 seconds, you have to load another 15 minutes. So it's, it's, it's much harder, in, I think, in those days. And I think, I think the creators of a lot of this technology are capitalizing on the fact that we use our phones in that way. Mm-hmm. That, oh, you know, I'm waiting for the bus, so let me just look at my phone. Or, I don't know, I'm, I'm going to the washroom, let me look at my phone. Right. And they're capturing all these little moments of our time. Yeah. Um, so I think we had, we had a couple of things we wanted to hit. And I think uh, one little thing that, I mean, I brought up Fortnite, and one of the things that actually really was interesting that I... Uh, that happened, uh, I think, about a month ago or so. Uh, but there was this picture that was showed up on Instagram called the world's biggest egg. Right. You've heard about this yeah, thing. Yeah. But this egg, it's a very simple picture. And it had over 50 million Instagram likes. Right. 
And, and apparently, the, I don't know, people were like forwarding. I know the kids had showed it to me and they were liking it and forwarding to their friends and stuff. But the whole point of this egg, I understood, was that it's really, it was meant to be like a, make a mockery in effect of, in effect of our, of our, of all the celebrity stuff about, you know, how, um, uh, Kyle Jenner and, and, you know, the Kardashians, right. how people are use, always after celebrity, but this right. very simple egg picture right. had 50 million likes. So it's just, okay. I think in a way it was mocking it. Right. But it still showed how something go viral and just. So the point of it was to show that the likes really don't mean anything. I think that's like, you can, yeah. you can get that in, in a different kind of way. Yeah. So I think in effect, the kids in some ways were, if, if they were catching into that or were they just being a tool of the people who put that picture, I'm not sure. But yeah, I'm not sure the kids really understood with why they were liking this thing. Right. But it, it, the people who put it together were making a point. Yeah. And I guess that's the, the big challenge, right? Is, is how is technology impacting the kids? Because mm-hmm. their, their brains are still forming. And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, we were talking earlier about how the brain changes depending on, on your, the technologies you use. Um, yeah. Maybe you want, to, you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. I mean, at, you know, we know that, um, you know, the brain is, is, uh, is now changeable. It used to be that, you know, we used to think that, you know, brains, you never grow any more brain cells, but I think that's, that's changed now. And you know, they looked at taxi drivers after 10 years in the UK and they saw that, you know, their a particular part of their brain was, was different than other people because they right. had, had to memorize all the directions. So, uh, you know, they looked at, um, at people who, um, uh, who have who uh, have a different language, and you know, like English versus Italian, their brains are a little bit different. Or Chinese uh, language is based more on on uh, characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, different parts of the brains get activated, and so I think that yeah, like how we interact with the environment does change the brain, and likely technology is doing the same thing. And we seem to be having some good evidence of that as well. Well, okay, so let me ask you, like, is that bad? Because we, we know that the brain changes. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, if you're a taxi driver in London and you have to know all the roads, you have to your brain has to be really, uh, I guess, tuned to that. Whereas if you're, I don't know, um, a chef, right. you're going to be tuned to that. So are we just tuning sort of for technology? Yeah. Or, or does it have other impacts? Like, can a taxi driver in London do other things well that someone else can't? Unrelated well, tasks. yeah, I think change isn't change in itself isn't bad because we're it's no we can't say that right now this is the optimal brain that we have. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, and and the humans have had to deal with technology and their brain has changed, you know, uh, has changed from previous. For example, like writing uh, resulted in less our ability in our brain to remember remember like you know full stories and novels that yeah. they used to be able to do. So, you know, that debate has occurred in the past. Now, whether it's bad or good. This is a bit difficult, but there are some concerning signs. Like we, you know, the, the nature of this technology is more focused on uh, taking your the attention and maybe and and moving it around. So I think some of the studies have shown that it's it, you might be better at multitasking, mm-hmm. but perhaps not as good at deep learning. So you know, maybe maybe we should talk about the difference between the technology itself, the platform of the internet, versus the uh, the applications on right. it you know because it's interesting about the the taxi drivers or, or the stories the written stories mm-hmm. uh, making us um i guess less good or worse at remembering things i mean now all almost a lot well a lot of the information i need to know is no longer in my brain yeah like do you remember, like i couldn't tell you i could tell your phone number 
Right. But I wouldn't be able to tell you more than other five other people's phone numbers. Right. Whereas when I was a kid, I knew like at least 20, 30 phone numbers right. easily. Yeah. And I had to. Like my dad's one of the first things he said, this is your phone number. Remember in case you get lost. Yeah. And I had to like recite it a few times and then I knew it. Like I'm just saying, I don't even know if my kids, how many phone numbers they know. So th- this is, I think it's the, what we call the working memory. The working memory may be actually getting sh- shrinking. So mm-hmm. this is the memory that allows, how much can you actually remember? But, and I, you know, on the other hand, are, it, could it be increasing in other ways? Like, I don't know, I remember certain websites or... I, yeah, like, um, I mean, we might be getting, I don't know if memory is necessarily increasing. I'm concerned that maybe decreasing, maybe getting better at like integrating different aspects of like knowledge, like in, you know, going finding information quicker. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm concerned that, yeah, the working memory, like I, I, I've, you know, the, the traditional, I think 50 years ago, they looked and said, okay, you could remember seven digits. Like that was considered a normal right. working memory. I think they say now it's about two to four. Really? So I don't know, like sometimes I have to memorize a phone number to like add it in, add in the, you know, the access code on a, yeah. And I find difficulty remembering the full code. I have to like go back there, write it down. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know if yeah, this is We're not in me. practice of doing that now. Yeah. Is it me or is it, is it, well, is it everyone? We're looking at a, a study that uh, showed that screen t- like increased screen time is correlated with lower grades. Right. So, yeah. you know, maybe it has to do with that. Yeah, probably deep learning, isn't it? I mean, this is, uh, they did some study. They looked at uh, people who read on uh, a web page and people who read from a book. And what they found is that just by having the hyperlinks in the text, even if you didn't click on the hyperlinks, okay, you end up grasping less of what was in the content. When they came back to me and said, what did you learn from that you know, page? People who read from book grasp more. And just because every time you see the hyperlink, your brain has to think, should I click on it or not? Right. And that take extra space. So it's like we have a certain amount of res- brain processing power. If that brain processing power is being used to deviate it to do other things, mm-hmm. then it leaves less uh, less time for like dealing with the learning aspect. So I think that's so even just the presentation of the technology is actually pro- probably doing it. I think it is the I think it's the nature of the technology. So the, I read this thing a while ago that they found it was very strange. I don't even know how they discovered this, but playing Tetris mm-hmm. uh, could help alleviate some symptoms of PTSD. But you had to play Tetris very soon after the traumatic experience happened. Wow. And so the theory was that it was uh, impacting how those memories were stored. Right. Right. And so, I mean, that, that sounds like a good outcome, but it really made me wonder that, wait, so if I just spent all day at school and then I come home and play Tetris or, or some other game, the used Tetris, I'm sure it could be any other game. Mm-hmm. Is that... Is that again impeding the 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 storing of what I learned that day? Yeah, that, that's very interesting. I mean, in this case, you said the Tetris was helping with forming memories, right? No, stopping the formation of ah, the traumatic memory. Yes, interesting, right? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, that's that's extremely interesting. I don't I don't know how if it, if it can do that afterwards, after the. Well, we know that memories are sort of consolidated after during sleep, right? Right. right. And so maybe yeah. if you're, if you're especially, you know, one thing I don't, I really prefer that my kids don't do is is use screens before bed. I, I mean, we know that that's going to going to disrupt their sleep. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'm also thinking that it may be disrupting learning. The, the learning. 
the, the storing of that learning, the consolidation of that into their brains. Yeah, I think it's, uh, we don't understand yet how the brain is processing all that and puts it together in a, in a specific area to be recalled. We don't really get that. It's a giant experiment. <laughs> yeah, I think that, that, that is definitely a theme that I, I mean, I want to put forward is that we're playing one. This is a huge experiment on the human brain that we don't really know what's going to happen. Right. Like in 10 years, we've gone from like, I think it was 2007, we had an iPhone that first came out and now right. 12 years later, it was basically ubiquitous. Yeah. Uh, we want to talk a little bit about, uh, I guess that, you know, we're bringing, we're raising the alarm, but I think many people, other people are raising the alarm as well. Like, I mean, this is not something now that's just us sitting here in this room talking about. This is becoming, right. I think this is becoming a major issue. Like you know, the new app, the new Apple iPhone has a has an app. I think the the companies are under pressure to like put some of this monitoring of screen time in the, in in the phones and stuff like that. Well, I think that's a good point uh, because you know, we, we, is it you know when Facebook designs their pages, they design it for maximum attention. Like they want mm -hmm. to keep you on the page as long as possible. Right. And the more we succumb to that, the more we allow it, the more they're going to do that. As this outcry starts, you see, well, you know, because the, the, they're all commercial companies, they're trying to make money. And if people start creating a backlash, you know, that scares them. So they have to put in something. Um, so I, I've tried this screen time app on, uh, on Apple and it's actually not bad. Uh, you know, you can limit um, how much time the kids have on, or not even just the kids yourself, yeah. uh, on different categories of applications. Uh, you can have downtime set. So yeah, it's, it's a start. Yeah, I have mine set up that, you know, it's tracking how many pickups. Every time I pick up, I'm hitting about 40, 40 pickups a day. But I have this thing every after an hour on any application, it's got to it's got to ask me, do I want to open it? Most times I always say I ignore for today, but <laughs> but just the fact that I have to do that. Yeah. Somewhere sending a signal to me. Yeah, that's that. Hey, I've gone over my limit for today. Right. How come it's happened, you know, this time of the day already or something like that. It's a form of feedback for sure. Yeah. And then uh, any of you out there uh, want to learn more on this topic, Tristan Harris is, is like an expert on this. He's a god. And he has uh, started this initiative called Time Well Spent. Um, you want to chat a little bit about stats? Or you want me to do that? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I, I was seeing a study. These are all, these are all old numbers, but uh, 2009, they said about 2,500 uh, texts uh, per month is an average teen. Oh, that number's got to be much higher that, now. <laughs> That's probably, yeah, like double at least. And um, and I think the number of hours per week in that study was about two to three hours a day. And I would say that's probably underestimating it now. Yeah, I think so. I think if you look at just screen time, it's got to be higher than that because we use it for everything. Right. Yeah. So I think I think there's definitely an issue, uh, which, you know, never has happened before with any other uh, technology medium. Mm -hmm. Um We've talked a little bit about that, you know, what makes the internet different than other and social media different than what's come before it. And I think uh, we talked about, yeah, that it's, it's I you know, it's, it, it allows, um, it gives you very quick access to information, which is, I think, different than the past. It is, it is, a, it is more interactive. Like yeah. the TV was much more passive in right. some manner. Um, which could be seen as a positive, that it's interactive. Yeah. It allows you to connect with other people. Yeah. I think that didn't exist before as well. Maybe that's what makes it very, very um, addicting. 
Yeah, I feel I feel that uh, they've really figured out how to hack the human brain because mm -hmm. you know we're we're designed for certain kinds of behaviors, and I think something like Facebook or Instagram, you know, gossip it serves a purpose in a small group. Mm -hmm. You know, if you have a tribe of 150 people, you need to understand the gossip so you know how to behave with the different members of the tribe, and so I think that's why as humans we're generally quite drawn to that. And I think Facebook, Instagram, a lot of these things. They create a forum for gossip, mm -hmm. and and so I think naturally our human brain has a tendency to um, to go for that. Uh, the other thing I find is there's sort of the infinite nature of it. Like, you know, I can keep scrolling forever, right? There's just so Can't much content. Enough, right? There's so much content, and then I think that that whole serotonin rush comes in because oh, this is boring, boring, boring. Oh wow, look at this, mm -hmm. and they'll they'll catch you there. There's a very interesting, I was reading about this like thing. So obviously they programmed it so that this likes really causes that surge of the happy chemical in our brain. And uh, so they, there's a guy who's developed this app that re removes the removes the like function. So you don't get that like. Okay. He, he just You get everything else. You can post, but you don't even know how many people like your, okay. your post. And apparently like it's, it takes away all like a lot of pleasure. Because you just don't know what happened. Like we we love the feedback and make a post, and every time we get a like, right. it's actually building. That's what's the real super addiction piece. So um, I don't. I think the guy who tested it out basically said he had to just go back to the regular. He couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> he couldn't deal with it. You know, another interesting thing, and you could try this yourself, is, is set your screen to um, just pure black and white. It, it's a really strange thing. So I did it, and oh, it's no color. You mean? Yeah, what just, is no, yeah, no color, just black and white screen. Mm -hmm. And I found myself less interested. In fact, there was a part of me that actually almost disliked using my phone after that. Oh. But I couldn't stick with it. <laughs> Which, you know, maybe I should. You know, it, maybe it would help me reduce the amount I use it. I would only use it for necessary uh, yeah. necessary tasks. Well, I wonder why, when, you know, the tech gods like Steve Jobs and, and Mark Zuckerberg, who were like, you know, Steve Jobs didn't, tell his, uh, didn't allow his kid to use an iPad. That's what they say. Mark Zuckerberg just wrote his, his newborn a letter saying that she should go outside and play instead of using technology. Like, what do you think about that? Do they know something we don't know? Or the general public? Is it that they're just, like, why is it that, you know, they're they're in this field? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the Steve Jobs one I find a little more interesting just because he was developing these products, right? Mm -hmm. You'd want, maybe even just want to see how your kid interacted with it. The Zuckerberg thing, I don't find that strange. I mean, I, I, I want my kids to go outside, which is, you know, part of the reason that, that this is concerning because right. it's not that it's necessarily bad, but you have an opportunity cost. Opportunity. I think that's a critical piece, opportunity right. cost. Because, yeah. yeah, if you could do every, all of it, then maybe that's okay. Right. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. But, but certainly, you know, I, if they're spending three or four hours a day on the screen, well, they certainly are not going to have time to go outside mm -hmm. and, and play and, you know, what did he write? Smell the roses or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that's what, you know, I think we all know intuitively or, or maybe through experience that what are the things that bring us pleasure in life? Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's meeting people face to face. It's going outside in nature. Um, you know, it's those kinds of things. And I think that's that's what we're worried that our kids won't have enough of or we as a society will start losing. But I think there's good research. Like, I mean, the kids who are on social media directly linked to, you know, a depressed mood and yeah. feelings of, you know, not being in. And, and I mean, I think the we have good research now that that's we're actually probably helping you know kids are becoming more depressed with with technology especially so, social media so if, if this is all true why do we why do why are, why do we why are we on it like there is some value but maybe maybe we have to just find a way to, to curtail it a little bit 
we had that we had this chat of whatsapp chat of, we put a little challenge out who would who would give up their social media and for how much money all right <laughs> so i mean the thing is i don't know how i mean yes yeah, it requires a it would require either people nobody was willing to take it up right yeah i yeah i mean there, there there is a lot of benefit to it you know i'm in touch with a lot of friends that i wouldn't have been like you know they've moved to different parts of the world yes um you know some friends you know they're, they're more acquaintances but because they're part of a, a a chat group or something mm-hmm. i get to know them a little bit better i finally got my mom on whatsapp okay and she's loving it yeah like she's got you know contact with her relatives in india that she would normally not talk to right and every time there's a birthday we got like you know 50 <laughs> happy birthdays going everyone's on everyone's got to wish happy birthday <laughs> actually that's where you should just be able to like the happy birthday. <laughs> that's it <laughs> but anyways yeah okay um we talked about this i think the attempt of the effect, I would say that the, what's concerning me is that the effect of our attention, because we only have so much attention right. span and we don't know what's going on with that. I, I do feel the kids are, uh, and, and even myself, are, you know, we're not creating as much. Mm-hmm. Like we're, we're consuming all this, uh, yeah. this tech, you know, this content. And I would love, that's what I'm telling my, you know, my kids, please, like, I don't mind you getting on technology. I just want you to create the content. Mm-hmm. I want you to go and do something. And then instead of just taking in what everyone's giving you, it's, what do you what do you think about that? I, well, I really worry because I find marketers are getting smarter and smarter, and I think the more you consume, I think the more oblivious you become to how you're actually being manipulated, right? It, you know, so there's so many things that we don't understand about the brain, and even maybe that they don't understand why, but because they can do A/B testing, they can know. Oh well, this word in this sentence, you know, I, I increase my click-through rate by you know X percent. Or I change this image. Oh, that that seems to attract, you know, men over thirty-five, and the the amount of detail and um, um, I don't know variation that they're able to put. Like they mm-hmm. they can pretty much target you mm-hmm. and make you want to buy this kind of product. You know. Yeah. And, so this comes down to we have free will or not. <laughs> well, that's that's a topic <laughs> totally for another for podcast. A different podcast, but isn't it? I mean, we may not have as much control of, of our life as what we, and it, it's really an addiction. That's what but but the more to. the more content we consume online, mm-hmm. um, the more potential there is to be uh, influenced by by marketers, right? Subconsciously, subconsciously, so not yeah, yeah. So I mean, in effect, we're it's and that's why you know sites like Facebook, uh, you know, where where you have these ads sometimes sort of built in, mm-hmm. uh, they're very subtle. You know, I mean, a lot of studies have shown that if you you can place a banner mm-hmm. on on a page. Mm-hmm. And ask someone later whether they saw that banner or not, and they'll, they'll they'll say no. Right. And then later you can test them to see their you know whether they favor this store or that store. Right. And it'll still be the one that they saw, even though they don't remember seeing it. I think that's a whole other. We should talk about that because what we take in is really not what we, I mean. Our, what we think we're taking in is not really what we're probably taking in. Right. Like our field of vision is taking us whole much more information. But our brain is deciding that we're going to only focus on one little very specific aspect. Our okay. conscious brain. Yes, our conscious yeah. brain. Our unconscious is taking in a whole bunch of other stuff that yeah. we may not be aware of. So, you know, I've started using, you can get these plugins for your browsers that, that block advertising. So I, oh. I use a lot of that. Which one do you use? Uh, I think the one I use, it's, I think it's just called Adblock. Okay. Yeah, so it just takes it right off the page. So, I mean, you know, it does a little bit, I'm sure, but the marketers are getting smart to that too. They find other ways to to get their message across. Right. But yeah, you know, I think technology is can be a very effective tool. There's a lot of benefits to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess really that's what I want. I want my kids to use it in, in a more responsible way. 
So what um, we wanted to leave some for some action items. So like you know, we're going to come up with some action items, and and if you like this this podcast, like please feel free to comment in in the thread, and we might put some show notes as well of like some of the stuff that came out of the show. Uh, but we're gonna let's talk about yeah, what what are the steps we'd like to take, and then perhaps we're gonna come back and revisit this topic yeah. in a couple of weeks or or so. Like what what would you? What, what's your, what are you thinking about? Well, I'll tell you what I've done so far. Right. Um, so, f- and this is really targeted at my kids, but maybe I need to have some rules for myself too. Um, so the kids are not allowed to uh, watch TV or uh, or play games uh, during the week. Mm-hmm. They're allowed to use their phones for messaging, mm-hmm. uh, and then only on the weekend they can, you know, they, they have about uh, we give them two and a half hours of screen time per day. Um, and then I just started using the Apple uh, Screen Time app. Mm-hmm. To, to just really to, to help enforce these rules because that's the problem with a small device. I don't know where they could be using the phone like in another part of the house and I wouldn't know. So can you actually just, uh, on the Apple screen time, can you actually say that it turns off after a certain amount of time that they can't use it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so the, you know, I turned it on and so immediately there was almost a cry like, why can't I use my phone? Right, right, right. And uh, yeah, so it just, it just blocks them, but they, have a, they can request more time. Yes. Oh, so they can request through the app. Uh, yeah. So, you know, if they're, I don't know, in the middle of a movie or something, I'll give them an extra 15 minutes or whatever to finish up. Uh, so that's one thing that we've done. Is uh, it working? Like, what do you think? How's it? Uh, you know, it's, it's only been a few days now with the screen time app. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the sort of self-monitored restrictions were not working very well mm-hmm. because they, they would lose track of time. You know, I, I didn't have the bandwidth to like, constantly, like, monitor Check how it. long they've been on. Yeah. Uh, so it was difficult. So I, I, I do appreciate having this tool. The other thing is, you know, I've been having a lot of conversations with them about how can you use the screen to be, you know, as a more productive way in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's what we've been doing so far. Yeah. Have you tried anything? Uh, yeah, I'm, um, I, I haven't, we've been talking about the screen time, but trying to make it a little bit of a competition. Um, but uh, one of the problems is, my son's phone isn't, or my daughter's phone is is too old. Like, she has no space to download this app or something. Oh. I don't know if it's real, but that's an issue. Um, but yeah, we're trying to make it a bit of a game to talking about it. But I, I should probably really enforce it that it actually turns off, and I haven't I haven't been doing that. Um, and then I kind of want to get them to kind of uh, you know talk, like debate the pros and cons cons amongst themselves. Like I want them maybe get involved in a in a discussion. Mm-hmm. So they can see both sides and then on their own say, okay, you know, this isn't kind of makes sense for me. You know, they themselves see that the potential problem is there. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think that's important. I think the the thing I struggle with is I think intellectually my kids get it. They understand what the problems are. And, you know, my whole story with Candy Crush, it's a bit of a joke in our house, Mm -hmm. but they get it that, you know, even like me, who I understand the the dangers of it very Mm -hmm. well. I got, I was addicted to Candy Crush. Um, but how, you know, intellectually you can understand something, but emotionally it's still difficult to, to give it up. Like it, sometimes you're tired or you just, it, it's so easy to go back to it. So don't you think it needs to be like everybody in the house needs to be on the same, like program, like the song, the same, like, yeah, the efforts. I mean, that's the issue. Like if you don't have like, you know, I find that, yeah, I have sometimes I've work and work related stuff that I need to do. Mm-hmm. And they come back, well, you're on the phone, so then why can't I be on the phone? So right. that, that's an issue. 
So, so, you know, that's something we've talked about. We haven't done yet, but we've talked about all of us turning, like not turning off, but putting away our phones. Yeah. You know, maybe at six o'clock. Right. And then, you know, having 20 minutes at some point before bed where you check can just in. check your messages. And yeah, we haven't done that yet, but it's something we talked about. Yeah, I think that's that's where I like to go with it. I like to figure out some of these like unplugged unplugged uh, time, mm-hmm. uh, weekend time, or some and a little maybe an hour or two in the evenings, right? And the rest of the time, you know, they directly go on. Because what I find is that even watching television now, mm-hmm. you know, the kids and you know are are on their on their device, so they're not even watching the they're not even watching the show that they used to watch closely because right. they're watching two different things going on. Right. So I don't know how are they actually enjoying the show and and. I, so I think this is, um, you know, time that we'd spend together is actually not time being spent together anymore. Right. And that's what's, that's what's really concerning. So I think the unplugged is where I could potentially see it because it needs to happen at the same time so we could all, like, I could interact. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you could probably set up the, the Apple Screen Time app to do that mm-hmm. where everyone is, you know, like you said, certain hours. Okay, nobody's allowed to use, like all apps are disabled during this time. Yeah. Except for phone, because if someone needs to get a hold of you or whatever, you can, yeah. you can But how do that. we do it that everybody else also in the community agrees at oh, the same time? The community. <laughs> well, I mean, because then, yeah, it'd be nice if like your friends are, you know, their friends are also off too, then it becomes okay. We're all doing it together. Like then that, I, th- I almost think it, this almost needs intervention, like a community intervention. This is not even, a, it's like, you know, it takes a village to raise a, ch- a child, right. right? Like it's almost well, at that level. Why, why don't we start? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so because our kids are, you know, talking. If they say, okay, they're doing it, so we'll right. do it too. And then it's, you know, and maybe we can push, uh, you know, some friend circles as well. I think it'll help. So I, yeah, I, I don't know, six to eight o'clock, just yeah. all apps turn off. Yeah. Okay. Let's right. do it. All right, we're gonna do it. <laughs> all right, everyone. Thank you so much. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this discussion. And again, uh, if you liked it, just uh, message us in the comments, or you can reach out to me directly. And we'll let you know how our, our actions are going to be uh, in the next, uh, next episode. All right. Take care. Great. Everyone. Thank you.